Welcome back to the other another October Seed Talk podcast conversation. Another episode. We are back. Um, Sterling, how you doing today? Good to good to see you. Good to talk with you. Good to conversate with you. Good to chop it up. What other ways can I say speak? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Like I said, good to be good to be back on the pod. Talking a little sports, a little sports technology. Yeah, you know, I'm going a little different direction to start off the pod. And, you know, we are sports, sports technology. We also have to talk when there are big things that are happening, some big things that have been shaken down because I'm upset about it. Uh, genuinely upset um, because they basically call me broke, Sterling. And it's it's my beloved Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. Not basically. They did call me broke. Yeah. So I'm a Delta rider. And when I say rider, not physically, I mean uh, not literally, I mean, I mean, figuratively speaking, I ride for Delta because you know mm-hmm. what? I grew up with Delta. I grew up in the biggest hub for Delta. The A on my hat, whenever you look at Truist Park, whenever you, you, you used to look at Turner Field, Delta was all around. Why? Because that is honestly the biggest uh, company in the state of Georgia and most prominent worldwide. When you have to do a connection to go international, what you doing? You connected in Atlanta. What's the biggest complaint you hear in a ballot around the country? I don't know how to navigate the Atlanta airport, but you know how to navigate it when you in an ATL and I know how to do it with my eyes closed, Sterling. But I'm hurt today because my beloved airline basically said, I don't, we don't, we don't need your broke coins no more. We don't want you to feel like you got money out in these streets no more. I want you to be who you really are, and that is a broke SOB. That's what they said to me with this new policy that they just came down for the modifications of their Sky Miles and Sky Club access uh, stipulations. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I did I ask you? You're okay? Did I say you, you said you were fine? Sorry. I, I kind of just went. I kind of just dove in. So I, that could be my bad. Yeah, I'm good. No, keep, I mean you're good. You're good, dude. You know. Do you, Do you want to read it, or do you want me to read what they what they came down with? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so Delta uh, in the this last let's let's give it a month and some change made some major changes to their Sky Miles frequent flyer program. Um, basically, I, I I won't read it word for word, but the way that you can acquire um, status in today's world, you can you can do it in two facets. You can have their Amex card, mm-hmm. and with their Amex card, there's three different levels. You can purchase enough on those cards, and then have some uh, one additional qualifier when it comes to whether if that's miles flown with Delta uh, or there or, or other qualify other qualifying um, aspects of Delta purchases mm-hmm. to be able to then um, qualify for status. Mm-hmm. But hitting one of those hitting one of those marks, say if you did make the purchases mark, that would still allow you underneath the card and under the current structure to be able to be a Sky Miles member. So what they're doing now is it's. Basically, in this world of AI and algorithms, they've developed an algorithm to bring in these four criteria that allow you to gain status in the current structure and put them all as to one. But the dollar that you spent yesterday will not be worth the dollar that you will have in the coming year. So basically, it is Today's making it price is not Ooh. yesterday's price. Tell, hit them with the line. Hit, hit them with it one more time, Sterling. Today's price is not yesterday's price. And that's what they're telling me. They're saying my money ain't good enough. They're saying the dollars that I spend on my Amex card, it don't matter. 
because I'm not out here spending it just strictly on Delta or using the Delta vacations packages to roll through everything Delta to make them more money. I'm spending my money the way I want to spend my money. And then I have your dedicated car, but I can't be up in these lounges. So basically, if you have a card and depending on the status of that card, there are three tiers. They have the gold, silver and your reserve purple card. The silver, it is a I, I could be butchering it, but is it half? So for every dollar you for every dollar you spend or two to say two dollars you spend, you only get a dollar that is recognized or is it 50 cents recognized off of that? And I think it's a dollar. Um, it's half of whatever you spend on yeah, purple on your reserve yeah. card. Yeah. Um, it's making it basically it's it like three times harder now to, to fly and have status because the biggest thing, the biggest thing with having status and this is what I want, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, not like Delta execs are listening, but I know they are listening because we have the number one sports tech podcast in my mind. But <laughs> the reason <laughs> the reason that this hurts is because in today's world, you want to extract the most value that you can when it comes to some type of loyalty rewards program, because sure. You're spending money, but I want to spend money in a way that comes back to me with some type of value, whether if it's personally or for your own family's sake. So whether if you have a hotel card linked uh, to your account, whether if you have some type of airline carrier, you want to have something that is represented in a fair way for you to be able to gain some type of status if you travel enough with them so that you can then gain the perks um, that you're looking for when it comes to having an ease of travel, having uh, um, better customer service when you are traveling, if you have family and kids, and that's your biggest concern going into going to hotels, going into the airport, because it's a stressful time frame. And when you're able to have the reliability of knowing when something goes wrong, I think that's really the biggest thing is when something goes wrong, you know that you will have the service tailored towards you to be able to solve the issue that you have. And I think by twisting this to not allow people to have that. And I think that's where people find a lot of comfort uh, because when you see when something goes wrong, take for instance, Southwest had their computers down. Everybody's in those really long lines. Now you're like, I, I am a valued member. I know I should be taken care of. Not like I want to automatically leapfrog that's every, the 300 people that are in line, but mm -hmm. I do expect with what I have with you that you're going to have my back in cases of cat catastrophe. And now Delta is telling me, they're basically saying, you make just enough money to not be broke is what you're, is what you're basically telling me. You're putting me in the full broke category. I'm not a, I'm not a high, high income earner. I'm a medium income earner. I, I do all right out here, Sterling. I, I ain't going to toot my own horn. I ain't going to put my, my government financials out there because I don't need nobody come asking me for money. But Mac, Mac is doing okay. God willing. Let me knock on some wood as well. But Delta is telling me, you ain't do enough for us. Your money ain't that good. You can spend as much as you want with your car, but you're only going to get about a third of that in return when it comes to Sky Miles points with us. And I say shame on you. Shame on you, Delta. Shame, shame on the capitalist society that we've turned into because I understand at the end of the day, what are you and I, Sterling? We are a mark on an Excel spreadsheet. That hurts, doesn't it? Does, does that hit hard? Does that hit, does that hit you hard? You are a mark on Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. That's all you, that is all you matter to corporations because at the end of the day, it is the bottom dollar. How can they maximize for their shareholders? I get it, but it's twofold. And we talked about this on our, our former podcast. Sports teams have found out about it. 
if you forget about the consumer, you're going to lose your way as an organization. Oh, oh, well, I feel like I'm in the pulpit right now. Let me say that one more time. If you forget about the consumer, your fans, your fan base, your loyalty members, you're going to lose your way as an organization. And I think Delta is is finding out about that through a lot of a lot of emails, a lot of angry letters. And I understand from one standpoint, flying in these programs or having the perks, you know, being able to get in like the sky clubs or the mm-hmm. the lounges that you see for these uh, airlines, because mainly that's where you see them. Um, there is a, a specialty air about it, you you because it's it's a lot that they, that goes into that, and I get that. It's you have free food, you have people that take advantage of the system and going in there down in fifty drinks because I can get it for free and not not tipping the bartender like you should, mm-hmm. or just going in there gor- gorging yourself on food, taking up space, and all of that cost to cost to Delta, like or or you know American Airlines has their own program. I understand that, but when you don't treat your when you don't treat your customer with that same type of respect that they're looking for, especially when you're coming into the, into their lounges, into their areas, um, you're going to see a mass exodus in, um, in disappointed Sky Miles, now probably formerly Sky Miles members. So I hope, and I know the CEO came out and said, maybe we went a little too far with the changes. Um, you can dive into it uh, with a quick Google search if you want to go through the exact changes. I kind of gave you just a, by paraphrasing a high level outlook into what has changed. Uh, but the modica- modifications are, are truly drastic. And my fear is, is that you're going to see corporations follow suit because Delta has gotten away with, in, through the pandemic, having 3x ticket prices to their competitors, but knowing people are going to pay for it because Delta provides you that grade A service for the most part. And you're able to get away with a lot of it because you did get that coverage and service. You you did feel like Delta was a step above the mm-hmm. other domestic carriers. But now, I mean, shoot, Max about to be a free agent out here. I can't pay for $600 when the competitor out here, I'm going to say either Southwest, American Airlines, United, I don't know, I don't, but they all got lower prices than Delta are charging $200 to their $600 right. for a, for a, Two hour, maybe hour forty five flight. It ain't right. In the words of Chris Rock, it ain't right. Head of state. Yeah, I didn't know where that where that was from. It, there's a lot to this. I think on one side, I think what Delta realized is because after the or during the pandemic, right? They were like, "How do we influence people to travel again?" So they. They already had the, obviously they already had the partnership with the with with uh, Amex and the, they had the Delta Amex cards where they're like, hey, if you get these certain cards, you now get access to our lounges, you get extra points, you get extra mm-hmm. um, status to like tour, or, or you can work towards like you're getting a medallion status, all those type of things, right? Mm-hmm. And people came out of the or people in the pandemic and came out of the pandemic were like, well, shit, why not? I'll pay $450 in an annual amount. I'll pay $650 in an annual amount, mm-hmm. especially to be able to, to your point, when I fly, the thing with Delta, right, is you feel like you are kind of a, a, a step above. It is a really nice airline to fly. Mm-hmm. You feel like the service 
is exceptional for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. Their lounges are really nice. And so people were like, yeah, I'll pay that credit, that that $450 annual fee, $650 annual fee, and get some of these perks that I've never had before, right? I think Delta then realized this, and they probably received some feedback from people that have been flying Delta for a long time. And There's like, a little bit too much spirit energy in these lounges, Delta. Right. I'm going to need you guys to switch this up a little bit. Which, first I, off, don't call me spirit energy when I walk in there with my hoodie, Mr. Business Traveler with a million miles. But I, I don't want to cut you off, sorry. No, but that's the thing, right? I think they're trying to find a balance of... Because Delta is. Delta is for the affluent traveler who takes vacations constantly. And for the business traveler, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what you assume when you're kind of like on a Delta flight, right? Is that's who you're around, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Delta's looking at this of how do we find now to your point, they're walking this back. So I think they're trying to find a, a middle ground. I think when they rolled out these new changes, they were like, all right, we got to cater to like, who is our true Delta customer, right? Right. Who's yeah. really spending money on Delta flights, not taking, you know, two flights a year, right? right and right. then utilizing space in the lounge and all that type of stuff, right? Like who who's really like a Delta a Delta member, a Delta Sky, Sky Miles member and a Delta customer. So I think that's where it gets a little it's a little interesting of like what they've done. I agree with you. I think they're they've they probably already lost some customers because some people are like, all right, well, I can probably change my credit card and go like to the Chase Inc. or maybe a different tier in Amex. Right. And right. then go to a and change up right the tough thing is if you built up a ton of miles and now you're you're stuck right but if you you know if you're under like fifteen thousand miles there's no reason why you have to stay with delta right, right. and so I, I think it'll be interesting i so i had switched a long time ago right like yeah. i'm i'm not a delta amex i have an amex but not a delta amex i have and i'm an american person and i feel great about that because i think I think what's happened too, because uh, to your point back to that air that people get, you want to have this weird, I don't know what's happened in society, right? I don't know if it's Instagram or whatever, but there's this weird flex that everyone has to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you'll walk by that medallion um, club or medallion lounge and the sky, line is sky, out sky, the sky. door. And sky you're club. like, no, no, not just the sky club, like the, the Amex medallion club. Oh, Centurion lounge. Or Centurion line, sorry. And the line is like, especially in certain airports, like the line is like, you know, wrapped around like the corner or whatever, right? It's like 30 people deep. Yeah. And it's this weird air that people have to have. It's like, I have to be in the lounge. I got to be in this lounge to do this. And like, it's like or, yeah. or you can just, you can grab a drink at the, at the normal bar, right? And just I love to, Just go to TGI Fridays or Applebee's. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm a huge, and I, I love being in the lounge. I get it. I can be a little bougie about it, but we've gotten to this weird place where, like, to your point, Delta knew that people were going to continue to pay it, continue to do these things so they could be in the Delta lounge so they could have that access. And now they're saying, okay, well, we've got to figure out what the true line is. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. to your point, if you are a free agent out there, I'm not trying to give away where I'm. I mean, I, I listen, I'd love to see more people. That I know in the because I get because I'm like American, so people when I travel, people they're, they're going to the Delta Lounge, I'm going to the American Lounge, ah, whatever, right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens here in the next year or so as they roll this out because some of this won't take place for 2025 until 2025. 
Yeah, and I mean they're they're even losing out on Diamond Medallion members because the pathway that you can really flex on the to get up to that status is you know if I if I'm already going to pay say fifty thousand dollars on my cards in a year, I'll do it with the the Delta branded card, and then I know I'm taking say for work or or flights at least maybe ten flights that I know will then qualify from a mileage standpoint. And then I I will I will hit my you know my qualifying marks, and then now that dollar that you're spending on the card, and and Delta's world does not matter to them as much, right. only unless if you're going through the specific Delta packages, so that everything flows through Delta's uh, system in some way, shape, or form for you to get that credit for that for that dollar. So yeah, and then I think you made a great point: the assumption of wealth that people want people that people want people to expect them to have is very weird in this today's society. People want to put the air that I'm worth a lot of money when really I don't have that much money um, because they're finding worth in what other people's perceptions of them are. And it's kind of a shame. I truly use the lounge because you, if anybody, if anybody knows me, if you've listened to me enough on this podcast, you understand I will stretch out my dollar the best way possible. I crunch the numbers in my head. I look at the lounge as it's, it's no different uh, it's it, it breaks even, especially you know you're bringing in a guest in through uh, mm. through the through the uh, buddy system of going and getting food at the airport and yeah. getting a beer or a drink. Um, you break even, or even come under, or come yeah you come under by just being in the lounge um, and doing it through that way, and it pays for itself through your you know however many visits that I that I that I go through. So. Uh, that's how I looked at it. And also you have that, you know, the ease of being able to spread out nice, quiet area. And then you can, you know, get yeah. on your flight and kind of get out of the, the Especially chaos. If you have to work, right. Being around, being in the terminal does suck if you're trying to actually do something. Right. You, you know, pulling your computer out, yeah. having to jump on like a quick call, uh, answering emails. It's just, it, it's so much easier when you, when you are able to spread out and, um, you know, kind of focus in and grabbing some food and it's just a calm environment. So, uh, you know, for to each their own for how they use it. But, you know, I was not happy at all because they were calling me broke. You, you, you just, you, you, you ain't got the money, the right money to be a Sky Miles member in the way that you are right now. Like, I'm about to be gold, Sterling. I was, but I don't know if I want to be gold now. You know what I mean? Because well, now you're I, too far. You're too far, right? That's what I'm saying. Once you get to a certain place with an airline or hotel, you're, yeah. you're too far yeah. gone. So and, and I don't want anybody who just heard me say I'm about to be gold act, you know, getting upset with me, complaining like, oh, you're only silver and you're and you're causing this much or much of a ruckus. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. It doesn't matter who you are. They wouldn't also, <laughs> every type of status member matters. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> just because I'm not diamond doesn't mean I don't have any 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 say to to complain. All, all airline statuses matter. Thank you, Sterling. Thank you. Well said. I mean, but this is the reason we brought this up because Jets, Delta, uh, other other airline industries are uh, big sponsors of some of the technology that we're about to start talking about. And I appreciate everybody rocking with us because, you know, it, it actually, I mean, that was big news. It really was. And then the airline industry, I hope, you know, the card industry doesn't specifically. I mean, I mean, Amex mm-hmm. has kind of the best thing. I know Chase has uh you know but whatever it doesn't matter uh the card industry as well as uh the card but um the hotel industry changing changing the stipulations and and the guidelines to being able to um have some type of status in their loyalty rewards program so 
I, I yeah, I, I hope people don't follow suit to the the strict nature of that Delta just did. But it was it it ruffled a lot of feathers out here. But yeah, they do have a lot of partnerships with uh, some of the some of the golfers. And um, as we dive into a little bit of golf talk when it comes to sports technology, which what, what you got out there, Sterling? Yeah, our first. Uh, sports technology company here is Swag Golf. So Swag Golf is a leading and limited edition golf accessory equipment and apparel company. They announced a close of a $10 million growth round that was led by Varence Capital, which is a prominent New York-based growth investment firm that focuses on sports and entertainment. There's been a ton of new sports and entertainment, um, new like really venture companies that have that have popped up athlete venture companies which is awesome to see so i like to always really shout those type of companies out when we see them here in some of these funding rounds uh, additional participants in uh the funding was the san francisco 49ers affiliated fund aram partners uh sean white zach levine uh alex cohen and the former ceo of libra solutions greg zeman uh i think this is interesting because Golf is, to your point, taken off in a way. I don't, and I'm not just saying this because of of open the you know the company that uh, I co-founded, Open Mondays. I'm saying this because I think it's we both play golf a fair amount. It is it's pretty interesting to see where the accessories and the equipment and the apparel has really gone to. Right, um, obviously Tiger Woods and Rory just announced that they've got like their. Um, their new TGL league is going to be on ESPN now. Golf is golf feels like it's having this moment, and especially a moment from a fashion. And you would never, I don't think you would ever say that, right? From a fashion perspective, I mean, yeah. people were watching the Ryder Cup and commenting and being like, "Man, would you would you be wearing that? Would you like?" Obviously, the whole Patrick Cantlay thing with the hat goes on, right? Like. It, it golf is in such an interesting place and it's amazing to see something like a 10 million dollar growth round go into a company that's truly kind of focusing on apparel accessories and equipment what do you think here taylor yeah I, I think you hit the nail on the head golf is in a space right now where i, th- I think it's you know taking off like a rocket for popularity um across all, all demographics really and the i don't i don't know if you want to even i, I I don't know if it was PGA of America that really, you know, tried to propel us. I know we've had stories of PGA of America. Mm-hmm. It's kind of naturally taken kind of that. Yeah. Kind of organically taken off with the, um, I guess, personalities within the game, which is weird, but personalities, I want to say from your Stephen Curry's that have come into, come into the game. And then yeah, I don't think it's PGA personalities, right? I don't think, I don't it's think Jordan is wearing something that people are like, I need that. Yeah, no, it's, it's more, it's no. external linking in. Yeah, no, no disrespect to, to the current players, but I think external coming into the, uh, and then coming into the, I guess the, the world of golf. And then I also think you, you got to give it to the goat and what he was doing and trying to make golf cool because if everybody remembers the moment of the match, the first match, Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson mm-hmm. in like Nevada or something, sun's going down. They had to bring out generators. Basically, it looked like the legend of Bagger Vance mm-hmm. with like the cars on the last green to be able to have the putt off for like a million dollars. And people were like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I know you could bet on golf. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, t- we all knew of Tiger, but we didn't think it was like cool like this. And then hearing perspective on shots. 
and just kind of diving into the nuance of golf, mm-hmm. it got a new demo. It, it, it struck a chord with a new de- with a new demographic. Um, and so it's continued to grow. And you now, instead of hearing people complaining, you know, oh, why is Tiger Woods wearing a mock neck? Oh, where can I get Tiger Woods mock neck? Yeah, you had you had hoodies being accepted on the course after the old guard being like, yeah, I don't know about hoodies. And everybody was like, who gives an F? It's a hoodie. It's cold out. It looks fine. And then, you know, let him swag out with his play at the same time. Yeah. Like I can be comfortable, come out here, play, be me, express myself for a little bit. I think it is cool that you do have like a cool decorum that golf has, which is the quirky, whether if it's bit, let's just call it business casual, mm-hmm. but you can dress that up and down the way you kind of see fit. And it kind of fits forever. You know, your, your take on business cash. And so now with swag golf, whether if you're having a putter, you're going with a head cover, some different accessories, uh, apparel, it, it's tailored to being more out there, a little bit more loud. Uh, and then gives you your own, your own, your, it brings your own personality out into this game, and it's it's not a detriment to you. I, like, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if you've seen out in uh, Japan, somebody wrote like a write-up of like, oh, it's, I highly recommend going out and playing in Japan. There's one stipulation in a lot of these courses. Your attire must be toned down. <laughs> like That's how big it's gotten because people are, are wearing like, you know, you have the loud shirts that are very – uh that that speak loudly of who you are a little bit and gives you your personality whether if it's like the bikini bottom type flowers and that color that spongebob ish color ish color so like i think it's really cool and yeah it's 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 taken off and it's um even you know you have people made might have been in the old guard wearing it too you know the older folks of the game who grew up on the Arnold Palmers of the world wearing the traditional polo and the the baggy pants with some hang time in them. Now you might see them a little bit more tailored fit and a bell, a cool shirt and or maybe just a really cool head cover because it's the expressive nature of golf. So yeah, golf's in a, a really a really good place when it comes to a really fortunate place right now when it comes to being able to reach a a, a new market, um, going across kind of all demographics a little bit, and you have something like this, like you said, that just got a, a great uh, funding round. Yeah. Uh, I, to your point, I did see Rocco Mediate, who's a little older now, was on the course wearing pandas in a hoodie and then did like a video. Like he shot like this. I think he hit like a nine iron from somewhere and landed at five feet. Yeah. Uh, what do you think before we get into NBA Launchpad? What do you think is the advantage or maybe disadvantage of celebrities? kind of getting into the fold in golf, right? Does that mm. – I'm, what, I'm what thinking of like DJ Khaled, right? Okay, just, okay. Who's been all over social media with golf, just did his first um, kind of – let's just call it like a celebrity tournament, right, yeah, which, yeah. He, which he won <laughs> with Michael Block. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you – how do you look at that effect, right? Because for the for a while, right, the – the Roger Steele's, the the pages, like they've had the corner in terms of like in terms of the influencer marketing around mm-hmm. golf. What do you think it does for celebrities to kind of come into this space? For people that are regular players, I'm gonna include mediocre players. Probably some don't care, but I would say more would lean towards kind of the annoyance because you're like, Khaled is not good. Why is he getting these opportunities? Like he's not good. There's just there's there's no way around it. It's, you know he's being propelled because he's a personality. 
but he's not good. Like I'd understand it if he was a being loud and had the vibrato that he does right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. Like, that's funny, but like, it's not, it gets annoying when somebody has that personality, but then also to themselves thinks that they're good when really they're not good. So it's living in that Cartman from South park, false reality world that they can create for themselves. And you're like, I have to see it. So it is what it is. But on the flip side, I think for people that this is target, you know, bringing into the game, it's like, Oh, Khaled's out here. If Khaled's out here, I can be out here. And I think that's what you really need. And that's what you really want to focus on is that uh, folks that didn't see themselves being able to be out here on the course, thinking that it was one way uh, or no way at all. Or like, well, if he can be in this space, I can be in this space. And I think this looks like a lot of fun. Like, let me go out here and try and do it. And the one thing that golf does is it can, outside of humbling you very quickly, it can it can really kill your spirit when you see, like, you go to a range, you're doing lessons, and you see the person to my right is, you know, hitting it farther than what I'm doing with my driver with an iron. And that can that can crush somebody's you know spirit being able to go forward with the game because it's a hard game but mm-hmm. the cool thing is is you're having new people an influx of new people coming into this game and now you might strike with somebody being like oh wow shoot i'm actually really good at a young age now you know you have another tiger woods join up into the, in here you have another female that rolls through you have a, a brooks Kupka that that hits the scene so like I think it's good from that angle. Uh, since I play golf and I, I feel like I've gotten a lot better, I'm like, Khaled is not good. And if I hear another one yelled, <laughs> yelled out, I might lose my mind. But other than that, I think it's funny. And uh, I la- I mean, I can just laugh at it. And I, I, I think the powers that be, too, would be like, you know what? It's 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 time for golf to, to continue to expand out. Um, and let's... Let's take advantage of this. Let's take advantage of this moment. Just don't do what the NFL has been doing with Taylor Swift. Let that poor girl just go watch watch her new boo, Travis Kelsey, at the game, and that's it. I, I, I appreciate the Kelsey's coming on talking about it. There's a way you can overuse somebody. Yeah. And then you know it's just not natural. You're forcing it on the folks. Like, yeah, pump out Khaled. He, he was on the cover of Golf Magazine, I think, uh, two issues ago or a couple issues ago. Mm-hmm. All right, fine, fair, because it's something new. It's a new flair. It's out here. Let's see what this is about. Let's bring let's bring it in. Let's bring in. Let's pump up the interest. But don't keep forcing it down everybody's throats. We don't need to just see 24-hour coverage. You got to do it the right way. I think you hit that well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the interesting thing about it. When I see these stories, I start to think about uh-huh. who is shaping the landscape of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I mentioned like Roger Steele earlier, right? I think that's someone that you look at their content on Instagram and you resonate with it. You like what they're trying to do to grow the game from the youth mm-hmm. perspective, especially with, with people that look, you know, brown or black. And so, yeah, when you see Khaled and to your point start to be pushed out there, you're like, well, maybe it helps. Not maybe it definitely helps for people to be like, oh, well, like if DJ Khaled's playing golf, like maybe I should do that. Right. Yeah, but I don't know if it like it truly like resonates with a lot of people that already play in the game. To your point, it almost feels like more of like yeah, it not to the extent of the NFL with Taylor Swift, right? But it's like you're you're pushing another celebrity kind of on us to make it seem cooler than it is when you've right. got people. And what I mean by that, and that's no disrespect to DJ Khaled, you know, hit us up for the for the tournament next year, but 
it's it's looking at it as like, oh, well, we think we know what this group of people thinks is cool, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna push out this type of content instead of instead of allowing the people that have been doing content for a while that are doing some really cool things instead of like utilizing them. You know, you know what I mean there. And I think yeah. that's that's gonna. I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting an interesting dilemma to have for golf as they continue to try to reach younger fans in, in a more diverse and immersive fan, uh, fan, fan group. Yeah. I agree. The second story we got is NBA Launchpad. Uh, so in what the NBA Launchpad is, is it's the league's initiative to source, evaluate, and pilot emerging technologies, uh, which include like AI and fan engagement, analytics, um, and which are obviously the the really the top priorities for the NBA at this time. Um, so they've also collaborated with the WNBA to advance women's basketball for athletes and fans as well. So companies and entrepreneurs can apply to NBA Launchpad by submitting innovations that address one of six priority areas. Uh, advancing women's basketball, identifying future stars in Asia, and improving player availability and well-being. The other three are focused on fan experience, so building immersive experiences, enhancing the NBA content library, and uncovering next-gen fan insights. So this had me thinking, especially I know we're going to do like a deeper dive at a later at a later date on really the VR wars uh, surrounding Apple and Meta and what that looks like for sports. But this had me think, what is, what's a technology that you don't see in the game? I know on our past pod, we talked about, you know, the Amazon next gen um, broadcasts. What's something that you would love to see surrounding the NBA game from a technology perspective? I mean, that's a good question because I mean, the, the, the first thing that, a lot of people are adopting or, or adapting into their their broadcast is the betting functions, mm-hmm. AR capabilities to give you better statistics. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of broadcasts are bringing in good analytics um, and, and good data. But I, I think a, a really cool aspect, and I don't I don't know how it would really be done, um, but it's seeing the reaction time whether if it's like hand the hand-eye coordination, because I think what's lost in in the game is the beautiful story telling, story making ability. If you really look at it that way from that way. I'm looking at it from a poetic standpoint of what basketball players, baseball, football, what they do, what they do. But I know we're talking basketball. There's a yeah. clip of 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 uh Lonzo Ball in LA and He's cut into the basket, gets a pass from the center, and in half a second flips it back with the tips of his fingers. Doesn't barely touches the ball, sends it right back to the center. Center comes up with a slam dunk, and something like as a viewer, you're like, "Oh, I wouldn't even thought of making that play." Seeing how you're able to diagnose that would be something that I think would be really cool because I know that we've talked about it on on uh, prior pods of you know the eye vision and and being able to use and, and analyze the data from what from what uh, the athletes are saying and how that could be incorporated. I know that that would take a lot. I don't know where you could put that on a jersey or something like that. But seeing how the neurons basically flash on players of how their thought process works to be able to 
uh, key and diagnose is what people say, K and D, uh, a situation, and then boom, leads to a basket or, uh, you know, dribble here, pass, setting for a screen, something, you know, that that leads to, um, I guess, whatever is the forte of that player. Steph for his three-point three shot-making ability. Um, smart is smart for his defensive ability. That's that type of that type of look. So that'd be kind of cool. That's my thing. Sorry, a little bit of a long take, but I thought of you. I think that'd be something cool to look at. No, it's interesting. We I promise you to the listeners and viewers, we did not practice this prior. I'm with you. I think for me, I would love to see something that's immersive in telling and diagramming the play, mm-hmm. whether that's like a Tim Legler kind of touchscreen, you know, that's done via via like you know, something. What about something a little, little John John Madden? You know, Steph goes around the corner, and then boom. Look, Chris Paul, Chris Paul right here with a little, little strength. He back, he back, flashes over here, and then boom, 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 layup. Sorry. I feel like I I probably without the John Madden voice. But, yeah, I think I would love that. I think the thing that we're missing from the NBA game, especially it, is the storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to – because all you see now are, like, you see Giannis dunk, you see a three from Steph or from Kyrie – you don't. A lot of people don't understand like how that'll happen, right? There's a video on Sports Take Atlanta Media Instagram where it's like Steph coming off of multiple screens. Austin Reeves is holding him. He gets bumped um, by I think uh, Winning Gabriel, and then he comes off, uh, gets a dribble handoff, and then shoots a three, right? And a lot of times you don't see the nuances of like what a player is going through and doing. And to your point. If it's a touch pass, if it's, I mean, can you imagine being able to have really like this immersive experience to watching Jokic play the things that he sees and does on the floor, right? I mean, that would be, it, it changes your perspective of it. And I think we've lost that perspective a little bit in basketball yeah. because all people think about is like, oh, I got to hit the step back three or I got to like, right. I got to get a dunk or, you know what I mean? Like the little nuances of how you set somebody up, right? What your footwork looks like, what's a duck in, right? What's a V, like all these type of things. We've, we've really lost that. You really see it. I mean, these guys come to the NBA. The NBA is so young now, right? These guys come in and they, they don't really know how to do things. I saw um, uh, Jaime of the, um, uh, uh, of the Heat, right, working in the post and just on really like how to – how to effectively dribble in the post and getting your shoulders square and looking to where the double team's coming. That's stuff previously, right, that you would really learn when you were, like, in high school. And I think it'd be great if we found a way to really be able to showcase, to your point, the story, right, of how this came about, how this play happened, uh, but also, like, what's going on at all times because I think we've I think we've lost that in a way. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I, I saw that clip of, you know, Kyle Lowry breaking it down of, you know, how you how you can position your body mm-hmm. uh, to be able it, it's like you said, it's it's those it's those small things and then how you process out on the court, Jokic being able to look you know, like all right, three, you know, court split, three, three players on that side, blah, 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 one in the post, one in the wing, deep corner. Where do I need to walk to? Right. <laughs> where, where can I do my little shuffle jog <laughs> to get the ball? And then no back cut is coming here, or I can fake and come back, do what I need to do, and then boom, like you're 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 producing points. You're you're having a positive impact into the score sheet, even if it isn't a traditional stat. So no, I, I completely agree with you. That'd be one really cool thing, um, you know, that they could look into it, especially from the launchpad perspective or the launchpad initiatives. Um, 
you know, even though recently launched, was this one of the catalysts to uh, the approval for the Golden State Warriors and the WNBA to come to the uh, approval agreement for a WNBA expansion out into the Bay Area? I'm just, I don't, I don't know if you have the answer, but it'd be, you know, kind of cool if that was one of the aspects. I know it's at the professional level, but growing women's basketball, um, you know, from, you know, the youth on up, but um, just goes to show, you know, what the NBA is continuing to do for, for the women's game. But uh, I thought that was, you know, kind of cool um, as they came to that approval uh, just recently, I think in the past week. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't believe the like NBA launch pad, was the driving force there. I truly just believe Joe Lacob and team really wanted to bring the, you know, when they, when they heard about the, the WNBA expansion, you know, probably a year or so ago, I think they, they were the driving force of like, Hey, the Bay area should be a place where this, this happens, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see more of that. I mean, again, Check out Sports Take Atlanta on Twitter. There's, there's, we put some content out there around, um, uh, you know, investments into women's sports, specifically around soccer. What, what could be coming down the pipeline there? Um, so Alexis Ohanian, am I saying his name right? Serena's husband. He tweeted something about his. He's got a new investment. Reddit founder. Yeah. Um, he's got a new investment coming in women's sports. So I, I think you're going to see more of this. I mean, the, the game, the, 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 you know, for the longest time, right. You've had to, to try to parse through all the BS, right. Of trying to really influence and, and empower women's sports. And now the, the financiers and the data is really backing it up that, that, that investment not only should be there, but should have been there many years before. Right. right. Uh, which is right. exciting. I think to, to really see. Yeah. All right, we'll close it out with a few funding rounds. First one here is Layup, which is a New York-based company. Uh, company. Um, so they offer prize link savings accounts for sports fans. Uh, they've raised $2.3 million. The round was led by Chicago's Continental Investment Partners. Um, next one is the fan engagement platform for football um, over in Europe. Uh, this is fans word. We put this on sports Second Atlanta Twitter as well. Uh, they raised $1.2 million. Uh, and then the Dutch sports tech fund announced an undisclosed investment in the Amsterdam based Scala sports as well. So congrats to those again. I think you're going to continue to kind of see money pouring into sports technologies, not just the AIs, not just the companies that are, that are focused on health. There's some really cool things happening in that space right now. And again, continue to follow Sports Second Land Twitter and, and Instagram as well to, to follow along for those. And that wraps us up this week. Great conversation there surrounding Delta. Um, and Ooh. Going Ooh. into NBA Launchpad and Swag Golf. Yeah. Uh, continue to like rate and subscribe uh you can find me at steve mac you can find taylor at taylor mac 29 and we'll see you in the next edition of c talk podcast